What's up, everybody? Three and a possible here. Joe getting the uh, the headwear situated here. You know, I'm actually not gonna wear it. Big variety, I got big variety over there. Yeah, it's Lakers. <laughs> I had to throw on my You're Lakers. Supposed to put it on you know? like how, like Ice Cube did with Boys in the Hood, where your hair come out <laughs> bro, out the side. It's too much, bro. It's too much. Yeah, <laughs> it's too much, bro. I'm not gonna wear it. All right, we'll see how many times Joe changes hats during this episode. Be a running counter. Yeah, We're at one so far. <clears throat> uh, but we got a, we got some news to get through. We got the NFL in the playoffs right now. First round is underway as we speak. We are recording January 16th, Sunday. We got the Bucks and the Sorry. Eagles playing right now. Hard to say if the Eagles are actually playing. But we will go through <laughs> quick NFL stuff. Then we'll hit the NBA. We've got we've got a trade that announced wow. KD's injury, some big matchups lately. Um, trade deadline's about I think a little less than a month away, so got some teams that need to start doing some figuring out. We'll play a little. Uh, do they belong with a couple teams? Of course, we'll start sick cut, and then we will you know end the show as we always do uh, with love or violence. Let's see how these clowns edited my segments here. Get out of here. Um, all right. So the NFL's regular season. Let's run it. Turn my some clay segments. Get out of here, Devion. Uh, all right. So NFL regular season is over. We now have eight head coaching jobs that are open. It's a lot. A lot of people getting fired. One unexpected one that I will launch into later. Um, and so the big, a lot of the big controversy and news around this right now is with the firings that happened, we only have one black head coach left uh, currently employed in the NFL. So that is one out of a current 24 hired head coaches is is black. Now, for comparison, the NBA that we, we Just all the way love here, like it. Uh, 14 out of 30, 14 out of 30 NBA <laughs> head coaches are black. So with a little more fair representation. Um, especially in a league, I think the NFL is somewhere around 75% black when it comes to the players. So to have such little representation within head coaching is is pretty appalling. I believe there are three black GMs, uh, no black owners, at least with majority ownership. So you can kind of see where the problem starts to, to lie. So Joe, I'll start with you. Just kind of comments on the current NFL head coaching um, landscape. Take that however, wherever you want to take it. But obviously, we've got some openings. Like Brian Flores was just fired from my Dolphins. He will probably be employed Ridiculous. again. Uh, he's probably the hottest head coaching candidate on the market, which just makes the Dolphins look like geniuses when you fire the hottest head coaching candidate. But Joe, what are your thoughts? He's not going to get rehired. How many black head coaches you know that get fired and get rehired immediately? It just doesn't happen. So. He'd be a coordinator or something, but he's not. Oh, he's, he's, he's not getting, getting a head coaching job this uh, year. He's Brian Flores. Brian Flores. No get... way. He'll get the interviews. He'll get the interviews. No, it's not happening. It's not happening. Just like Eric Bieniemy will like get the, the interviews. Leading it's candidate not happening. Three different teams. Brian Leftwich will get some interviews. It's not going. Oh, they say that all the time. I mean, come on now. Look at David Culley with the Houston Texans. He got he got one year with no quarterback, a horrible situation. Won four games and they still cut the man loose. It was like, hey. He had absolutely nothing. Had no Deshaun Watson. Had Deshaun Watson rumors all year long for the first seven, eight weeks of the season. And he was still able to win four games with a rookie quarterback with nothing gone. 
So it's just a situation in the NFL where there's not a really a pipeline for black coaches, one. And two, the owners don't like – the owners just don't – it's still that mentality, that old boys network where they don't believe a black guy can be in charge of their business. And that's what it is. It's a business. It, you can even look way back when Tony Dungy took over for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A lot of the black coaches got mad at him because he wasn't hiring black coordinators and associate coaches and things like that. The big reason was because how do you look if you you the head coach and you start hiring a whole bunch of black guys? You're going to be nervous. Well, if the owner's like, hey, I don't like the way this looks. I don't want all these black people to be in charge of my business. So it's a tough situation. Like Bruce Arians is the only coach I know who actually hires multiple black coordinators. Like that, that's not going to cut it. Like if you don't have that pipeline of coordinators, you'll never have that chance to be a head coach either. Devion, I know you're not a huge NFL fan, but you can still kind of comment on the, you know, the general culture that, you know, I mean, because this is not unique to the NFL, unfortunately. You know, it's it's no. pretty much the same story in almost all major sports leagues. Like we said, the NBA is really the only one that's True. seemingly giving more black head coaches a chance. But if you really even dive mm-hmm. into the NBA, like you kind of see the types of chances that black head coaches are, are forced to take. And it, it's not always still not always the same, but have to give them credit where credit is due. 14 out of 30 is that's way better than any other professional league out there. So yeah, I'll take that. Definitely what we thought. Yeah. I just don't think that they, um, see us as anything besides workers. Honestly, they think they can make money off us when we work, but, um, but don't think, probably don't think we're smart enough. Well, at least some, I don't know. I, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I, I heard some of the things that go on behind closed doors and some of the stuff where I really think it's happening. But I just say I just say they don't think that we're smart enough to to run a business. We're not bosses, but we're good enough to make the money. So I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> good entertainers. And if they give more people chances, you'll see a lot more. <clears throat> yep, you'll see a lot more Magic Johnsons, you know. And people like that, if you actually give them a chance and stuff like that, because half these half these coaches and artists um, in the front office, they don't know what the fuck they doing. I don't care what nobody say. Like they don't know what they're doing. You know, like, like with the Brooklyn, what was the Brooklyn Nets? Like, no offense to like Steve Nash. Like, how the fuck he was the first person to get that job? Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's kind of the commentary earlier, right? Like. Yeah. yeah, the NBA is doing a better job in, in, in giving opportunities, but still, yeah. and obviously, like, the Brooklyn Nets situation is one situation. You can't say it, it absolutely should have gone to a black candidate, but the no. fact that it's just, it's just a trend. It's always when it's, oh, well, you get to coach Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. I guess they didn't have Harden at the time, but still KD and Kyrie Irving. Uh, well, we'll take a chance on on this 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 unproven white candidate, right? When yeah, is and it's Brooklyn. Where Jason Kidd, for example, he got his kind of freak at his freak opportunity. It was to coach a Giannis Antetokounmpo that was nowhere near the Giannis that we see right now. Helped Giannis mm-hmm. kind of develop a lot of the skills. Now, the jury's still out on if Jason Kidd is actually a good head coach. It's not going very well. At least he didn't start very yeah. well in Dallas. As they're starting to play a little better now, but um, he's he's had his flaws, but. My my issue is more going back to the NFL. It's the length of opportunity that that these coaches get. 
you know, the, the Dolphins, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I've, I've never been so sick about a, a head coach firing than when the Dolphins just fired Brian. That was dumb. That, 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 dumb. that just pissed me off. Tonight. Like, one of the no few t- like, the only time in my lifetime that I've seen the Dolphins head coaches, like personality <laughs> and, and good traits on, like actually see it on the football field. Now, does Brian Flores have his flaws? Yes. He does not know how to hire an offensive staff worth the damn. He's not developed a single offensive lineman. He, he has had his misses, but he's turned a defense that was terrible into an, an elite defense that, you know, in some games would score as much as the offense would, right? And, you know, it, it made me think of Jim Caldwell when he was in Detroit. All he did was put together back-to-back winning seasons for yeah. a franchise that fucking – Ten and six. Averages like four wins a year, you know, like, and he's going 10 and six, but, oh, but well, yeah, he, he didn't just quite get us over the hump. Fired after three years, right? Brian, Brian Flores, back to back. First time the Dolphins have done that since 2002, 2003. Fired after three years, even though they want, they won eight of their last nine games. I don't think I've ever seen that happen before. A coach went eight of nine and then get fired. Now they're saying that Brian Flores doesn't have good relationships. And, yeah. and like, I, I'm not saying it's not true. Because he had four offensive line coaches in three years. He had three offensive coordinators in three years. Like he had a lot of turnover on his staff. Chad O'Shea took a, a lot. He had a lot of people leave for lateral positions. So I'm not saying he's perfect and is easy to work mm-hmm. with. But my problem is you went and got a Belichick guy. You know that. Like that's that is the Belichick model. They're not gonna be they're not just gonna say a bunch of nice things to you. They're gonna tell you what you need to hear. And when you need to hear it, when you're doing something wrong, and they're probably not going to be overly complimentary when you do something right. That's like, that's what you signed up for. So then you bail after three years. Like, what are you doing? You brought up David Coley. And he was four and two against what more the you Patriots. Could have asked the guy. Come on, man. Yeah. I mean, since you brought Brian Flores in with the quarterback you drafted for Flores, Tua hasn't lost to the Patriots. Tua is three and zero against the Patriots as a starter. That's got to be something. Now he's getting his now Brian Flores got his ass whooped by the Bills, who are kind of the new big dog in town. But at the end of the day, it's just like <laughs> that's all the least you got was three years after that many successes, and that just that seems to me is the bigger issue in the NFL. Like once these guys, like if you're asking black head coaches to be Mike Tomlin or 15 years in and still hasn't had a losing season. That's ridiculous. Like that's a ridiculous standard to hold everybody else to. You can't even that's have a, a white coach like that. Yeah, he just dope. Yeah, like that's just special. <laughs> like you can't do nothing about that. It's just dope. And the thing that really bothers me, I'm going to talk more about it later because you already know I'm choosing violence today. But I already know Brian Flores is now getting kind of like the angry black man stereotype as he's getting kicked out the door. That's what really bothers. Oh, he can't. He can't work with other people. He's angry. He does all these. All these things. Like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to go a different direction, just say you want to go a different it's direction. The best and way move to on. do it. You don't got to slander the man on his way out. That is a gladiator sport. Yeah. That's what it never got. That's what always got me with NFL. When people, you're shocked when people are doing violent things. I'm like, it's a fucking gladiator sport. Like, I don't know. Got to be people, violent. Are you gonna like, die? Like most on that rich field. people that I know. You hear me? I know most rich people that I know against have the biggest fucking egos in the world. They don't get along with anybody, but they have enough respect to get a deal done. So I'm just like, and you have to have a certain type of personality. And you know what I'm saying? And aggression, honestly, 
a certain level of aggression to make it that far in life anyways. So, yeah, it's all, and that's the one thing I hate. They always trying to paint, like, our people as angry black men, angry black women. I'm like, it's a whole bunch of Karens in this bitch, too. So, mm-hmm. like, just say y'all don't yeah. like each other. And if we angry, we got like a reason him as to a be. person. And that's, yeah, you heard me? Like, if just say you fired him because you didn't like him. Like, yeah, that's all. Th- it was. Th- that's all it sounded like in Miami they were going to choose. It was not going. They were not going to yeah. go forward with both Chris Greer and Brian Flores. Now, unfortunately, in that situation, one black man was getting fired. Right, like Chris Greer, black GM, Brian Flores, black head coach. One was going to have to go. Apparently, according to Stephen Ross, and I think that says more about Stephen Ross. Like, you just couldn't handle like. like Can't I don't have two. Like, Miami is starting to make it under Stephen Ross and and Chris Greer as the GM. They're starting to have a trend now. They have they always are slandering their head coach on the way out. I feel like it's going to make it a lot harder to hire somebody to come back in. Like, okay, he'll shit. Save face. You know, I hate Adam Gates, but Adam Gates on his way out. Oh, people didn't like him. Blah 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 blah. All these things. Now that that seemed a little more true. Jarvis Landry was pretty outspoken. How he didn't like him. Cam Wake, like a bunch of a bunch of players, didn't seem to care for him. But uh, it's just it's not a, it's not a good it's not a good look. At some point, you have to own it. Dolphins own it. You didn't like it. You didn't get a new direction. Boom, move on. But let's let's go to the teams that are actually successful. The teams that seem to be built a little more foundationally sound. We got the playoffs going on. Uh, let's just let's just do real quick a couple Super Bowl picks. Let's we'll let Devion lead it off with the, all of his uh, Super Bowl expertise. Who you got there? Shit, shit, I don't know. I ain't been looking at football at all. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, I, I wish I could lie and say so. Look, the Rams. I don't fucking know. Big fat. Yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna watch it for the commercials and the wings. Wow, so. you're that person. Yeah, there you go. And the wings. That's fair. Hey. Yeah, okay. that's for sure. That's me. I ain't gonna hold you. I ain't gonna lie. All right, Joe. Who you got? Well, when we started the season, I said I'm going to take the Bills and I'm taking the Rams. So I'm sticking with it. The Bills, I'm a little confident about the Bills. They got a little shaky towards the end of the season. I was nervous. I'm real nervous about this Rams, though, because Matthew Ooh, Stafford turned this ball over down way on the too yeah, much. Like, man, yo, yes, they did. Yes, sir. But, the, oh, man, if Matthew Stafford's going to keep turning the ball over, I'm worried. Yeah, so like you, Joe, I picked I picked um, Rams and Chiefs before the year. I'm gonna stick with it. Um, a little nervous about the Rams myself. Staff, I, I still think Stafford will get it figured out, though. I think, you know, I think some of those things were kind of good learning lessons because a lot of those, like you know, a couple of his interceptions came targeting Odell down the field, and like I I want them to try and build that rapport. But yeah, man, like all right, enough, enough experiments. Stafford like if it's not there it's not there just keep it moving you got you got Cooper Cup you got Van Jefferson you got you know you got other weapons there so come on come on make me look smart Stafford make me look smart please all right let's go to the NFL let's go to not the NFL the NBA though let's go to the NBA so we had a big primetime matchup earlier this past week we had Bucks and Warriors, and it was supposed to be this big, bad showdown, I think, on Thursday on TNT. <laughs> and, oh, Lord, the Bucks were up by 39 points at halftime. 39 at halftime. 
The Warriors are only scored 38 at halftime. So what do you, are you guys reading into this game? Is this like a big sign of what to come? Is this all doom and gloom for the Warriors? Uh, the Bucks back, you know, cocky Bucks. Let's go. They're going back to the finals. Kind of, you know, where, where you guys heads at with this? Uh, Joe, start us off. Uh, no, Clay Thompson. No, Draymond. I mean, I know. I think Clay Giannis didn't Clay have Drew it. Holiday, but did Clay play? Okay, no, Draymond though. Yeah, no. So Draymond. I think no, Draymond. Man, no, Draymond. I know he didn't have Drew Holiday, but I mean, still at the end of the day, a lot of people don't realize it because they love Giannis because he's so quiet. But the man is low-key a cocky guy. And he going to let you know that was a low-key game of, hey, man, y'all messing with me. They're like, I'm the truth. I'm the best player in the world right now. A lot of people are not talking about him because they're the three seed in the East. But Giannis has been balling all season long. So I don't know why they've been real quiet. Four He's seed. not four seed. I don't know why they've been real quiet on him as Oops. MVP because they've been he's been balling, man. He's making jump shots. Like, he is top, yeah, top yeah, of yeah. my list so I think right this is just a – Statement game. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. That was just a statement game for Giannis. Yeah, that besides good. that, it don't mean nothing. Yeah. Devion? Um, i say right now, if I so if I was a Warriors fan, I probably wouldn't be, like, too concerned right now because, you know, but I don't know. I, I'll say I wouldn't be too concerned because, yeah, no, Draymond Clay is coming back, so getting back into the rhythm of things. You know, um, he didn't shoot too great that game, but I'm not expecting him to go out there and drop like 30, 40 points in his first couple games back. So, but what was it? Steph all he had was like 12 points. That was the problem. Now, that had me a little worried. So when the other two are not there and it, it's you see how easy it is to just hone in on Steph and just kind of like stop him. And he had his – I don't remember what his plus minus was, but I know it was terrible. That game was horrible. So – and then Giannis – like Russell Westbrook. Why he was the best player. <clears throat> you know, best player in the league. You know, in my opinion. No, so, I mean, he was, he was balling. Yeah, so it, it so it's like for the Bucks, I would be extremely happy, but I wouldn't get too cocky. But the but um, the Warriors, I wouldn't be extremely mad um, because of like what happened. But if this happens again, when Clay gets a few more games in, Draymond or no Draymond, they need to start pissing their pants because <laughs> like because this this is one of the people you might have to face in the finals. And they go, and they coming. You know what I'm saying? They not gonna be one of those people. You know what I'm saying? They not gonna be one of those people that's just gonna bend over. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's so. I don't know. I I'm proud of Giannis though. I ain't gonna lie to you. This make him look real good, Mister Triple Double, huh? Looks real yeah, good. So that I think, game. I ain't gonna lie. I think there's I think there's some commentary that's that's worthwhile from this game. Like I'm not. I'm like both of you guys. I'm not gonna overreact one way for the other but what i do think it means is one the warriors i expect them to struggle now for a few games mm-hmm. they got it because you got to think of a guy that was like really big for them uh jordan Poole. he's got to find a whole new role now like he was getting a start next to steph and he's been a lot of offense for them 
And I think his role will be that sixth man and kind of be the scoring punch off the bench, but he's got to figure out how to, how he fits into all that. Now, you know, he's got to get used to playing more minutes with Iggy, you know, and, and less minutes with Steph, probably like, it's just, it's, Mm -hmm. it's new for him. He's got, he's got to figure that back out. He's established himself as a good scorer, you know, good catch and shoot guy, like can do a lot of really nice things for the team, but he's got to figure out how to do it in a little bit, more limited role. Second, of course, they miss Draymond. Draymond is is very important, especially when they're going to play a team like the Bucks, because Draymond's going to be their guy to head the attack on Giannis, right? Like that's who's going to be the one to kind of take Giannis first. So that's important. Um, and then for the Bucks, it just shows me that they think that they're like it's their NBA now. That's yeah. that's what I gathered from the Bucks. They're like, yeah, I don't care what seed we are. We got over the hump last year. This is our NBA now. So that's a little skit. Like if, you know, me as a Heat fan, that's a little intimidating because that's a swagger that, you know, the Bucks did not have until they got over that hump last year. So Giannis playing with that confidence, I think is only going to help the jump shot get better. You know, and again, they did that without Drew Holiday. <laughs> they did that. They did that yeah. to Steph without their best perimeter defender. That's yeah. fucking impressive. So, ooh, they're in fourth right now. Uh, I think they're a game or a half a game behind my Heat for third, who are a half a game yeah. behind Brooklyn for second, and two games behind the Bulls for first. So those four, and even the Sixers are now kind of creeping up there. So it's it's getting it's getting really interesting in the East. Um, but let's talk about those Nets. KD, MRI. Uh, came back with a sprained MCL. He's going to be out four to six weeks. We just saw James Harden against OKC get smacked by 20. Um, Is he going to – I mean, do we trust James Harden? I think this is the question. Do we trust James Harden and part-time Kai to keep them in those that top four area of the East because we got all those teams ascending around them? Uh, Joe, kind of give me your thoughts first. Well, first, it's going to be full-time Kyrie because they're going to be able to pay them fine. So there's a little stipulation where he has, if, he plays a, if he plays a home game, he gets fined $1,000 for the first game. Then the second game is $3,000, and then the third game is 5000 So if he keeps doing that, he'll just end up paying $5,000 per game, which is not much if, when you look at it for Kyrie. It's like $100,000 at the end of the season. Like, that's – the Nets will pay that off just to get Kyrie. Well, I think to play. they. I think so they said we'll they Kyrie would only potentially do that in the playoffs. Shit, Kevin Durant is out four to six weeks. They doing that? I guarantee you that's going to happen. They also said that they weren't going to let Kyrie only play <laughs> yeah. away games. And look at him doing now playing away games. They're going to let him play, so that's going to be key. But if he doesn't play, woo, this could spiral down real quick because James Harden looking like yeah, straight no garbage, like. Bro, like he been in the strip clubs twenty four seven, eating wings and just kicking back. Like, dude, it's been hot buns this this season. He's been terrible, just terrible. Yeah, that this boy got a he got a he got like a major breakup. Somebody died, or something that we don't know about. Like, what's going on, bro? Fast suit, fast suit, uh, Harden, bro. Fast suit, James, um. They need to be worried, uh, honestly, because like I, I like I said, I got faith that James Harden 
can lead them um, to the playoffs. But the thing about it is just like with him and the dysfunction and then them still doing that rhetoric with Kyrie, like will he play, will he not play? I think he's going to play. At this point, they'll have no choice but to play him, pay that money, keep it moving. Um, if you got that type of vaccine. Yeah, well, if he don't want to get it, pay that money. Because I'm trying to win. I ain't going to lie to that $100,000. That's chump change. You hear me? In the grand scheme. But um, but with that type of dysfunction and then what's going on with that, and then, yo, clearly your best player, and you know what I'm saying, is gone, they need to start worrying. Honestly, they, they – because – you already had doubts anyways. KD was the only thing that was keeping everything afloat. Like, in every aspect of that team, it was KD. Now he's gone. Yeah. Now you have a James Harden who does not look like – he ain't looked this bad since, like, his rookie year, rookie sophomore year. You know what I'm saying? And now you got Kyrie, who I think he'll be in shape, but now you got you, – you've been talking bad about him the whole season. And you, I don't want to play. I'm not going to do this. And now you're going to be like, hey, Kyrie, we need you. <laughs> What's up, bro? You know what I'm saying? So it's a whole bunch of – you're going to be dealing with a whole bunch us. of egos. I don't think I don't think the whole I don't think there's so, any beef there with Kyrie and the team because I think because I think one thing that really helped that whole situation was KD was on board with Kyrie being – if he's not going to be full-time, then he's no time. And I think that helped because I'm sure, like, he was – those two were talking. It was like, look, Kyrie, obviously I want you to play – but like in the, I think in the best interest of the team, like we need everybody that's going to be here all in, and you can't be all in right now. Like still, you know, still love you off the field, everything, all that, boom, boom. But you know, right. it is what it is for this year. And I think Kyrie was was accepted that. Now he probably didn't like it, but he, I'm sure he could accept that. And so now it's like, all right, all hands on deck. We we need you, even part time, Kyrie. I think that's going to be fine. I would be worried if I'm the Nets because you don't want to. You don't like it's just. With the way the East is shaping up, you don't want to be in that four five. You really, you really don't want to be in that four five, because that's just going to be a dogfight from every freaking round. And James Harden, I've seen a lot of people that I know that are big James Harden fans on social media, and they've taken a lot of victory laps on Russell Westbrook this year. So I put it, I blanked out the <laughs> names and put up stats up there. All right, which player do you want? Now, you want James Harden's statistics. Like, his are a little better than Russ's. But they are very Russell Russell Westbrook-ish this year. You know, he's – like, everyone's making fun of Russ's with the crazy, terrible missed shots that he's had. He's shooting a higher percentage from the field than James Harden is. Like, just let that sink in. Like, and I'm not defending Russ here. Like, Russ is playing like shit. (laughs) But, like – Harden's just been working, shooting the rock. He's shooting like 32% from three. He's shooting 41% from the field. Like the only thing that's saving him, they're they're letting him get back to the free throw line a little bit more. Like that's the only thing that is salvaging his season. He's averaging, I think, 22 points on 41% from the the field, 32% from three, four and a half turnovers to Russ's four turnovers. So he's actually turning the ball over at a higher clip per game than Russ. Russ has just played more games. Um, their assists bad. are pretty close within, like, I guess just – Yeah, and Russ is in a bad. new system. He's had a couple seasons to figure it out. Not even a you couple seasons. Saying? He's got the same fucking system he ran in Houston. It's Steve Nash. It's and, the same shit. 
So he like is, Harden so. really doesn't have an excuse. Like Russ is at least having to figure out how to play next to LeBron, and you know AD's been fucking bogus this year too. So it, I mean, it's just the Lakers <laughs> have been a whole mess themselves. And not that the Nets have had it easy. Like, they've had the a lot of role play, a lot of role players in and out the lineup. But I just I don't trust Harden to lead them to keep in that like one, two, or three range. I just I don't trust him to do that. I no think one does. Fall. One thing, yeah, you know, he yeah. showed the other day he. Could, yeah. He couldn't. He couldn't handle the fucking thunder. Like I know that they were missing some people on the but on the next two, but I'm sorry. All those people on the thunder would be the same fucking shit as those role players that the Nets have. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. SGA is their best player. Harden, you got to be better than him right now. You you got to be better Thanks. than him. Their next best player is maybe Josh Giddy, the rookie point guard who I like, but yeah, he's in his 40, 40th game or some shit when that game. Like, come on, man. Like Harden's got to be better than that. Um, yeah, man, but, KD's oh, gonna come off the injury. He gotta go back into time. it. Yeah, take some time, and then you got people Fresh, like Giannis though. being scary like this. The Bulls, Miami, like yeah, everybody Jimmy, else. They just Jimmy it came up. back on Friday. Bam yeah, coming back on Monday. Not it's about good, to be scary bro. for them. Yeah, it's it's so it's like dangerous. KD's the saving grace, but it's just like. KD's only going to take them so far, like I said last the other week. He's only going to take them so far in the playoffs when that second, third player ain't showing up. Better get this stuff together with Kyrie and just start, you know, swallow your pride, let him play, and then figure it out next season. But James Harden is useless right now. Yep. And, hey, it's no longer, look, Chris Paul was no longer the problem. It's no longer Westbrook who's the problem. Can't keep blaming on other people. Eventually, can't blame everybody wow. else now. So great point. You know, yeah, I'm glad it's happening too because I, I hate right, when they talk let's about. Let's talk about, about a trade that time. did happen, though. Let's talk about a trade that did happen. I don't. I don't usually compliment Just what the next. Dumb, 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 dumb. They, they won't. They hit this one out the ballpark. Uh, they got Cam Reddish for Kevin Knox, who's been an utter failure and a first round pick. I mean, Cam Reddish has flashed a lot since he's been in the NBA. So this one was mind-boggling to me. Joe, I'll let you kind of give the the first reaction here. Well, yeah. In my opinion, it's a dumb trade for both teams. Atlanta, you look foolish because what you gave up some excellent talent offensively and defensively for Kevin Knox. Like everybody says, it's been a disappointment first-round pick. But then with either the Knicks, it's not a great move either. I mean – you got R.J. Barrett already there, and he's not progressing like he thought he would. And now you're bringing Cam Reddish in, who last time we saw them play together, they were at Duke. And, Will, I'm pretty sure you remember the struggles they had playing next to each other. So I'm I'm not so sure they outgrew that in three to four years and they're going to be able to meld and play together. I think it looks good on paper because you see what Joe Burrows and Jamar Chase are doing in the NFL because they had some uh, cohesion from playing in college. but. They didn't have no cohesion playing at Duke together, so I just don't see this is going to work. I, I think they're going to be realize that they're competing for each other's job, and it's just going to be the same old, same old. Devion? Yeah, you got a point there, buddy. <laughs> uh, I don't I, – kudos to the, the Knicks for pulling the trade off because uh, they're a the clear winner of the trade, which I don't know how – like, I, I just – I don't know what was said to get that trade to go through. I ain't going to hold you, but – um, but, yeah, 
Knicks got a good player, but they'll fuck it up. So <laughs> I don't, I don't like. He's a really good player too. You you would think he would fit into the system, you know what type of player he is, and I got high hopes for him. But they're going to find a way to fuck that up. You know what I'm saying? So, I, and I don't know how I can prove it, but I'm just gonna say, watch enough games, and you're gonna see the Knicks just gonna blow it. So, and and I, I don't know what the what was like Atlanta, like you're already struggling. Like, why would you give him away? Like for that, yeah, I don't know why. Why would you give away one of your young wings? I mean, yeah, I mean there there were some him. reports that that Reddish was um, not happy with his role, and he was maybe he was just getting, you know, upset. But like my thing is like then trade away like Gallinari and and like maybe Herder or something, and give Cam Reddish a role. <laughs> like get rid yeah. of the get rid of at least Gallinari because he's older and. Like he's not a part of your future. Like Cam Reddish could be part of your future. So like, like, what are you? Oh God! Like, what are you? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Atlanta? Um, I think Joe. I don't think it's necessarily a bad fit because I I don't know that necessarily it was Reddish and Barrett that couldn't play together. You know, there's this guy Zion that was also there. That might have been a little bit where the. I mean, you have to think about it. this. Was Cam Reddish coming right out of high school? He'd been the best player on the court probably every single time he stepped onto it. Is now all of a sudden the third best player on his team? Like, I, I just think that's a hard adjustment. They didn't have a lot of shooting mm-hmm. around him that year, so he was like the floor spacer. I think it was a little deeper than just him and Barrett couldn't get together. Um, Barrett seems excited about him joining New York. I think I think that part will be fine. I am inclined to kind of side with you guys that I think. Um, the Knicks probably find a way to screw it up, but I'm very intrigued by a Tom Thibodeau um, match with Cam Reddish. He, that might really I think that's going to unlock him a lot. That could unlock him a little he bit. Can play like, some I could D. see, uh, yeah, absolutely, boy. Yeah. So you know, maybe you see like how Thibodeau kind of developed Jimmy Butler in Chicago. You know, maybe he can develop some of those same things from Cam Reddish. He's who's already got a better jump shot than Jimmy Butler, so. You know, maybe that's a maybe that's a good a good match for Cam. Hope it works Man. out for him. And Don't it's really crazy because Nate McMillan last season, Nate <laughs> McMillan said that Cam Reddish was comparable to Paul, a young Paul George. Not a dude gone. <laughs> that doesn't make no sense. It's crazy. Yeah. We gave we gave Nate a lot of credit last year for how he pulled that team together. He hadn't done a very good job this year. It's been it's been rough to watch. Don't don't want that for Nate, but like, come on, yeah. man, get it get it going. Get it away other people, like you said, just trade away other people to try to get something good. Like, do better package deals. Like, I'm, no I'm sorry, he, there's yeah. just no way you couldn't get better than Kevin Knox. Yeah, bro. Pick. Like, I don't care how upset he is. No offense, you know what I'm saying, like. If I know a player is make it work. He hasn't done enough in the league to warrant like, oh, I yeah. want to get out. I have to get out. Like exactly. Enough. Like I don't care how upset he is. At the end of the day, my job is to make sure the organization is straight. I'm going. To, well, don't play then. And, and hurt your. You gonna hurt your. You gonna hurt yourself. Not not the organization. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We still gonna be straight. We still got ice. You know what I'm saying? Ice trade the game. You go ruin your career. You know what I'm saying? So I just like, hey, bro, play by the, and then I would package the deal, 
out of the way close to the deadline or something before. Like, man, yeah. I, that was just dumb. Like, did, did somebody get a Rolex with yeah. this deal or something? Like, because they season over some money, like a nightclub or something. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. It's it's over. It's really over now. All right, well, let's talk about another Johnny deal that Knox. could or could not happen. Ben Simmons. So the 76ers, we've talked about this a few different times. They're on like a 9-1 and one in their last 10-game stretch. They just beat the Heat last night. Like, they're they're rolling. At some, they're, they're up to fifth. They're two and a half, I think, behind um, the Heat for third. So, like, they could, you know, they could jump up there pretty pretty highly. Um, I mean, do you move them and get the best you can right now? Or do you wait and try and see if like a, maybe a James Harden decides to opt out of his, his deal at the end of the year? What do you guys, what do you guys kind of think? Do you, should they move him now or should they wait to see if a bigger fish uh, is available at the end of the year? Joe, uh, give me your Man. take first. What, bi- what bigger yeah, fish, out of, what bigger fish is out there? I mean, now with Damian Lillard going out with a, some type of abdominal surgery, man. Just say you didn't want to play this season and the season's over. Like, bro, the season's over. You don't want to play in Portland. It is what it is. Now that that situation is is, is a wrap, I don't see where you can trade Ben Simmons right now this season. It's just going to be one of those situations where you hope he gets a little bit more comfortable going towards the playoffs and he's like, hey, man, I think I can play with this team now. I, I, I'm feeling better about the situation. Besides that, I, I think Daryl Morey's not going to find that big trade that he wants this season, and he's going to hold on to him because Daryl Morey is stubborn, and he's going to try to make that big splash trade because that's what he always does, even though it never works out. So that's what it's going to continue to be. It's going to suck for the 76ers, but it is what it is. Devion? Um, that's kind of hard. Um, with them – Man, it's the 76 and so I, it's kind of hard for me to think uh, with them because I, I honestly I probably would at this point I'm I'm cool with either option honestly if I I'll probably shop around first to see if I can ma- land any major deals uh, with them because he ain't played this this season so who the fuck cares at this point um, you know obviously. His stock is gonna go down with what team, like whatever teams that already felt the bottom. The stock's gonna go down. Um, a lot of people still will take the risk on them. So I would, you know, I, I probably would try to shop them around, see if I can land a really, really good deal. And if I couldn't get anything where it was slightly in our favor, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't even have to, at this point doesn't even have to be an equal trade. It just has to be good enough over the next three to five years where we can really, really compete. And if I can't get nothing like that, I just wait to the end of the season. Like you said, wait to see who's um who's unhappy. But hey, we we got look, look what we doing without Ben Simmons. Imagine what we can do if we got you. You know, so I I've tried both ways and just at this point it's like, damn, what can they do? <laughs> Cause because they probably will have – honestly, what they will have to do is probably wait to the end of the season because they're not going to be able to find a trade, honestly, where they're going to feel like it, it matches up well enough, honestly. So they probably will have to wait to the end of the season. 
because they're going to be ridiculous with their trade options. I mean, maybe you you know you kind of monitor the Celtics and see if they start really faltering and kind of fall out of the playoff mm-hmm. or even the play in. See if you can get Tatum or Jalen Brown. Uh, maybe you give Sacramento a call about De'Aaron Fox and Halliburton. That one would be a lovely. I, I would love to see De'Aaron Halliburton, Fox. Yeah, um, and, and I just I don't Evan. know. Like, like there's not a ton of options there. I just don't know like who else they think is going to become available in the off season. You know, like I know Daryl Morey wants to wants to fucking have it with James Harden. Like we all know that that it's not really a secret. That's if he wants to become available. He probably wants Harden to opt out, use his player, his player option to get out of the contract and then do a sign and trade with Brooklyn. But I got, I just don't know how you would even want that after watching James Harden this year. Yeah. I mean, do you you really want to put that on Joel Embiid? I don't know. I don't know that I would. Um, I think that, that they probably will end up waiting because I don't think that they're, I think their asking price is just going to be too ridiculous for these other teams. And, you know, so that's probably where we're at. Look at Father of the Year over here also, doing a podcast and caring for his child. <laughs> Multitasking his ass off. Yeah. What a man. Man, I tried to get it where he went crying, but that didn't work. Good. Um, all right, so let's move on. We're going to do a little Do They Belong. we got a couple teams, one in the East, one in the West. Uh, we were just talking about Phillies. So we're going to start there. Philadelphia 76ers, they're in the five seed, but – the context that I kind of want to use here is they are two and a half games out of first. So are they a contender in the East to you guys? Uh, Joe, buy Debbie on some more time here. Uh, what do you think? Hell no. I know they're looking good right now in the regular season, <laughs> but it's always going to be for me, Joel Embiid's health. I don't have faith. He may not be healthy in 20 games. So – you can win as many games as you want. He's not making it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals without missing some games. And that's going to really what's going to hurt them. I just don't think they can be a contender with Joel Embiid being your main focus every single night. It's just too much strain on him. He never got his conditioning all the way up. It's just one of those situations where he's just too big for, for his body. He just He's just so big, he's going to end up getting hurt. Too big and loves to flop too much. Boy, yes, man. Oh, my God. Hits the floor way too often. Boy. No, that hurt. Probably feel the vibrations when he hit the ground. Jeez. All right, Debian, what do you think? Are you, are you buying them as a contender in the East or no? Fuck no. <laughs> they they look good right now with, you know, I, I think they look good right now because of all the stuff going on with Ben Simmons and, like, oh, they're still finding a way to, to win – but like we just we just saw what the Bucks are doing. The Heat are still in number three, dealing with injuries and people not playing. And look at them. Look at Chicago Bulls. You know, like hell no, nah, bro. It's fun to watch, but when it comes to the playoffs, and then who would they have to play the first round right now? They would have to play with like the Bucks if the Steve's nah. No way near. Yeah, they'd be playing Milwaukee round one, so most likely they're bounced in the first round. No way. If it ended like this today. It's a wrap. But think about it like this, though. I think think this would be interesting, though. Like, we know KD's out four to six weeks. What if, like, Philly and Brooklyn ended up in four or five? That would be be an interesting series because that would be, like, just strengths versus weaknesses on both both sides. Facts. Like, Brooklyn has nobody for Joel Embiid. They got nobody for KD. I mean, no one really has anybody for KD, but – you know, like, 
I don't know. That would be that would be a crazy series. Um, I'd love to see it because I'd love to see either one of them eliminated in the first round. It'd be entertaining oh, wow. to me. Um, I'm so happy. Chaos. Yeah, I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna Man. lean that they're not <laughs> contenders. But I mean, my issue with it, Joe, is like I, I agree, kind of with your take. Like I just don't trust Joel Embiid to be able to stay in the lineup consistently and battle through a playoffs. But like, I don't know if that's like that's a fair assumption to say that they're not. Then that makes them not contenders because if he does. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough out for anybody. Makes you know, Joel Embiid is legitimately one of the best players in the game, and that just it just makes it even more maddening to me. Like why they just didn't take the best deal for Ben Simmons at the beginning of the year, so they could have the continuity with the new the new piece, that whatever that may be. So dumb. like waiting till now is just it, it's also just letting it loom over because like if you really think about it, Tyrese Maxey, the step that he's taken this year, he's been fantastic. Like that that's been a great jump that not a lot of people seem to be talking about. Um if they could have just brought in another wing and now they're talking about they want to package Tobias Harris with Ben Simmons. Like to me that just made it seem like they just actually what? don't want to get a deal done. Because no one can take both those contracts. Yeah. Like who could take both those contracts at the same time? You know, maybe why would you want to give up Tobias trade. Harris? I have no idea. Like why? Of he all the players, so well with Joel yeah, like, Embiid, it makes no why sense. Why would you give him up? Like that's why I'm saying. Like I have no faith in that organization. It's dumb. Like none. All right, let's go to the West. The current three seed, the Memphis Grizzlies. They are four out of first place, and they have been balling lately. John Morant, Joe, and I did it last week. We both said yes, he does deserve to be in the MVP conversation. Uh, so Joe. I know how you feel about Ja. How do you feel about the Grizzlies? Come on, Are they yeah. up there with Maybe the Warriors and the Suns? No. Nope. Not yet. Nope. They're like the nah, – it's not yeah. happening because it's like it's like Golden State Warriors when they first started, man. You, that playoff experience means everything. Like when you look at their roster, who has the most playoff experience on that team? It's Steven Adams, and that's not going to cut it for you Steven going Adams. into the playoffs. You're going to have them bumps and bruises learning how to play against those dudes. So it's going to be a struggle. They may get out the first round, but after that – Don't forget, they made the playoffs last real, year. real, and they're not going to be they ready the for that. They playoffs last year, so they all got a little taste. Come on, bro. That play-in game. Yeah, you're right, Will. I mean, yeah, they got a little taste, but no, they it wasn't it. the they same. Won, it they the won same. the play-in. They played the Jazz right. in the first round. You right. And who did they but beat to get there? It's not the same. Nah, it, nah. I, I think you got you can't take that away from them, though, bro. Because you know they got a taste of it, and now look at what a taste got them this season. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I. That's I think, fair. That's fair. I'm not gonna say that they're that. like. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna say they they contenders to win a championship, but is it very very likely? That they might knock some people out that we thought were gonna go further. Yep, that's how I see it right now. Because those are, you know, so that team is just pretty much like once they catch, if they get into a like catch a like a hot streak, it's just gonna be seem like it's gonna be impossible beat to beat them. And the only people who can beat them is experience. Whoever has more experience. But even with that, you know. It's, they going through that. If they went against the Suns, I don't see Chris Paul letting them beat them. You know what I'm saying? So it, right. it, it's just like it depends on like the matchups. It really depends on matchups 
But I just can't see them overtaking like this year's Warriors. Like with Clay coming back, and I know Clay is going to adjust. I can't see them like making it further than them. You know what I'm saying? All so, right. It, so it, it's kind of uh, it's it's kind of weird. Like I think that they are not like NBA champion contenders like that. But to go far in the playoffs, yeah, they could possibly go far in the playoffs. So they're the Lakers. I'm buying. So, I'm buying in. I'm I'm buying yeah. in. I'm at the they're same better, point this season. Better than the Lakers right now, that, bro. Uh, oh yeah, you know. That doesn't have to be said. I mean, that doesn't have to be said. Uh, it hurts to say it, though, bro. That, it hurts. Point. Like, um, point. No, I'm buying in. You know, last year, I, this is about the time that I started, like, you know what? I like the way the Suns play. And, you know. Fair. You I was did say little, that. I think I was pretty early on the Suns last year. And I'm starting uh, to get the same kind it. of. I'm starting to kind of get the same vibes from Memphis. Now, I do agree that matchups could hurt them. Like, I don't like them in a matchup with. Utah again. I think Utah is a tough matchup for them, but Rudy. I'm not worried about Utah really making it out of round one, anyways. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think they're I think they're I think you got to make them a contender, and <coughs> and they match up really well with both the Suns and the Warriors. They, mm-hmm. They've already proven that this year. Like they th- their style is ex- like no, you're right, the thing. The two people that are going to be key, obviously, for the Warriors. Their key guy is obviously Steph. And then Devin Booker for the Suns, they bother them. <laughs> they bother the fuck out Desmond of them. Desmond Bain ain't no and joke. It's, that, it's that same at all. Yeah, great defender. He's long. He's kind of their Mikael Bridges. You know, long, lanky, mm-hmm. can just, just be annoying. Um, Steven Adams is annoying, protecting the rim. You know, Tyus Jones made a lot of big shots for them against uh, when they played the Warriors recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came in, they were, you know, John Morant was out, I think with some foul trouble with like three minutes left and Tyus Jones just came down, walked up, stepped into a pull up three. Right. And it was kind of all she wrote after that. Dylan Brooks so isn't I, even healthy I, I th- yet. They got a, they got a, mm-hmm. another really good defender. Like they've got a lot of guys that'll just be pests for those, yeah. for those guards yep. of those, those other top tier teams. Now, if your Lakers start to, if your Lakers figure it out, that's gonna be a tough one, I think, for the Rangers. I think they would be a tough, a tough matchup. Yeah, because all those guys that they have that run that can annoy, like a Devin Booker and a Steph Curry, LeBron's just gonna bat them away like a little fly. Just get out of here, yeah, baby. Get out of here. But they play. But the other people the got to figure it out on the Lakers. So yeah, <laughs> you know, that's so, a, we're a long ways away from that. So right now, I am buying the Grizzlies as as real contenders. So because. Let's just run it like let's say okay, so the Grizzlies right now will play who? The Nuggets. Mm-hmm. They will beat them. And then matched up with either the Warriors or the Suns. Warriors or the Suns. Uh um, no, it'd be, it'd be a, that'd be a tough one to pick, but I would see I could yeah. see them beating either one. And then they'd probably get the other one <laughs> in the Western yeah. Conference Finals. If they were to make yeah. it. So like I I see the path for them right now. Because those uh, are fast-paced games, yeah. Like, you keep running, gunning, shooting, shooting, shooting. And and the Grizzlies don't have a motor, bro. They do not run out of energy. I don't know who their strength and, and, and conditioning and it, coach is. One, but like, there's, one, there's something about like, Steph and Bo- and Devin man. Booker 
that is just they're both obviously phenomenal. But there's something about Jod that just seems a little different when it comes like those, like just like gotta have Hell it. Moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's just something a little. I just there's something I trust. I can't put my finger exactly on it, but there's something I trust a little more about John Morant than than both those guys in Thanks. in the that the last game moments. he had against the Lakers. He had 14 points and dominated the whole damn game. Like it's crazy how he does that. He don't even wow. have to put up big numbers, and you can sit there and watch the game. Like, damn, this dude is for real. He's playing every aspect of the game, though. Like, we used to that. Those two players really playing one side of the field. And I hate when those people like, well, Steph, got de- Steph don't got defense. John Morant will hoop you on both ends. Like, he literally – John Morant's not, like, you know, a great defender, but no. he's – He's a tough defender, and he's gonna he's gonna make you feel him. Now you might still get past him, but it's it's not easy. Like he's gonna make you work for it's everything. This athleticism whereas, that makes it hard. Yeah, like Fast. that block that block you sent us. You, it, it's stuff like that. Like you know what I'm saying? Like Jesus, he's man. so athletic. It's just like he might throw your shots off. He might block your shot. You block it. He boom. He down the court. First one down the court. So it's just like, it, and it, it, that's what I said. It's just like he's involved in every aspect of the game, every play. Like, like you said, Joe, he does not have to score forty points for them to win to have a huge impact. But now Steph or D Booker score twelve points, more likely it's affected their whole game. You know what I'm saying? So that's the difference, and that's why I say it's Chris Paul with the Suns who have to come in to where it's like, all right. I can't let them beat me. It's gonna follow. It's gonna follow Chris Paul. Oh, when it comes to the Suns, D Book is my boy. But last year, he kind of disappointed me in those, those, you know, those tight situations. He kind of, you know, I, I was kind of hurt. Like, oh, wow. All right, let's move on to some start sick cut. So we got one that is going to be some young guards, but we're going to start with the the trade deadline edition. A bunch of names that have been floated as oh, potential yeah. trade, big big name trades. So we're going to start with Sabonis, Ben Simmons, and John Collins. A bunch of guys that are considered fours. Um, ben Simmons really is a one, but nonetheless, they're all tall, very skilled players. So Joe, start, sit, cut. Sabonis, Simmons, Collins. What you got? I'm starting Sabonis. He's the best passer out of all of them, in my opinion. He can pick and pop. You can run the offense in the post. He can create his own shot. The dude is legit. That first year he came in was looking real rocky, but his progression has been excellent. That dude is for real. He's going to be just as good, if not better, than his father. Then I'm going to sit Ben Simmons. I like Ben Simmons, man. I know he's a little shaky right now. He got he don't have his confidence, but I know he can get to the rack, and I know he can play defense. And the boy can pass the ball too. He legit. I'm sit. I'm cutting John Collins just because. John Collins, man, I like you. You versatile, offensive, defensively, but you can't create your own shot. That's my biggest issue. You got a 12 footer every now and then, but you get most of your points from dunks and rebounds, and that's just not gonna cut it for me when I got two big men who can pass the ball and create their own shot. So you gotta go. All right. WM. Hey. Ain't gonna lie, I agree with him. Loki. Um, Sabonis is, well, Sabonis is the best player playing right now. Ben Simmons is really the best player out of all of them. 
but at least he can be involved with some aspect of the game. You know, he doesn't have a good jump shot, but he can get everybody involved. He can play defense. He can do a whole bunch of other things. But John Collins is just like a, in my opinion, he's just like a Tyson, uh, what's his name? Oh, don't do that. Tyson Chandler. Tyson don't. Chandler? Yeah, he's but he does way, He's got a way <laughs> more developed I'm not saying he doesn't, but that's how he, like, when I think of big men who can't create shots, I just think they can just catch Dirk. He can play a little bit of defense, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what John I think Collins about. John can shoot the three, though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but, on, but it ain't, but it is. ain't like. Give him, like, Blake point of it is, at least. Nah, bro, like, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not saying y'all at wrong least, about the Blake Griffin. I'm just saying that's how I, that's how I look at those players like that because he got a three-pointer, but no, you know, no three-pointer. Even if you take no three-pointer with Ben Simmons, I'm still taking him all day. You know what I'm saying? And if he has a halfway decent jump shot, John Collins is like fun player to watch, but it's just like at all that right. point, you know. I almost want to sit. John Collins, just because you said that bullshit, nah, but but I'm not going to do it. So, I got to cut him. He gone. Like, I like him, too, but I got to go. I'm, I'm going to start Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons is easily the best player of all of, all the three. Uh, Sabonis, I like a lot. You guys know I love Sabonis. He does a lot of really good things, but Ben Simmons can defend Ten. one through five. Yes, sir. He, can, he can pass. He can get to the rim, and I will die on this hill that he is not as bad as what Philly is making him look. He's just being misused because Thanks. they also have Joel Embiid. I think if you put Ben Simmons on a team and treat him like Giannis, you got a you got a freaking monster. You know where you use him a lot as a screener, let him run in transition and pass and and look for people on the break. You know I don't think he needs to be your primary ball handler bringing the ball to court. I think that's the mistake that the 76ers are making, which I understand why because you chose him and Embiid. So that's <laughs> the best way to use them both, but no choice. I would. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start Simmons, uh, bench Sabonis, and then cut John Collins. Sabonis does a lot of great things and, and can complement pretty much anybody, which I think is his kind of advantage over Ben Simmons. Is he's not really gonna be a fit issue anywhere. Uh, but in terms of if I'm trading for one of these guys and I'm say the the Pelicans, or I'm like, you know, one of these teams at the very bottom of the league. Maybe not the Pelicans because they got Zion, but you know what I'm saying. One of these bottom tier teams, and I need Who? to try and get my guy. I would, I would go, I would go after Ben Simmons first out of all those three. But, yeah, I, I that. that's a fact. And I, I would, forgot about I Zion. Shit. Yeah, man. Ben Simmons. Get help, Zion. Come on, man. Ben Simmons on like Brooklyn instead of James Harden. That'd be a really good move, I think, for Brooklyn, to be honest. Because everybody wins in that situation because when James Harden's not producing, he's not scoring. Ben Simmons don't got to score. He's still going for two. So it's like you're getting a good idea of how he will fit based off James Harden's play this year. Like You're probably not maximizing Ben Simmons there, but – he still would if you're trying to just if he just wants to win and put the best collection of three really yeah. good players. Yeah, I think that's a really good fit. Uh, let's go to the young guards: Dejounte Murray, who's having a great year quietly in San Antonio, uh, Lamelo Ball, and Darius Garland. And Ooh, now the, this is right now not predicting what they're going to end up being in their careers, how they're playing this season, 2021, 2022. 
Joe, I'll let you uh, I'll let you go first here too. Oof. I gotta think about that one. Yeah, I'm taking uh, that's easy off the rip. Vanilla uh, ball starting off that yeah. great passer. Low key can play some mm-hmm. defense. I mean, he's not the greatest defender, but he can lock down when he needs to, and he can shoot the three consistent enough for me to be okay with him taking shots. He play okay defense when he wants to, but uh, then after that, mm-hmm. man, this is tough because I like Dejounte Murray a lot, but. He's so inconsistent with me. He has flashes of games where you're just like, man, this dude could be so good, all-star level. And then next game you see him, you're like, where's the DeJounte Murray at? Is he even on the team? Like He just gets ghosts way too many times. So I'm going to have to sit Darius Garland because the way he's been playing with them big men in Cleveland this year, I I didn't see this at all. I I really didn't see this coming from him at all. I didn't think he was – I thought he was going to be too small for the NBA – I knew he could put up points, but I just didn't know if he was going to be able to create his own shot in the NBA. But he's been playing well, so I'm going to put, I'm gonna sit him, and I'm going to have to cut DeJounte Murray. Devion? Oh, man. That's kind of hard. LaMelo's easy start. Uh, yeah. Damn, Joe. You might be right, because and we can't, because I really want to say Murray. I want to sit Murray, but, like, he ain't consistent. Like, he might kill you in one game, and the next game it's just like, he's like, damn, I need to rest, but I got to play, so let me just go out there. You know what I'm saying? And he does put up better stats than, uh, than Darius. He does put up better stats than him, but it's just like, I know sometimes. what I'm getting. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, and that's the point, sometimes. But I know what I'm getting with Darius Garland, like, every time he goes out there, and they're – Season is kind of reflecting based on you know like who's more consistent in a, in a way I guess so I guess I uh, I don't want to say that. I really uh, I sit I sit Garland and cut Murray I really don't want to say that bro I really don't because I think Murray has a higher <laughs> upside than him but it's just like he hasn't figured out how Agreed. to be consistent enough like damn I didn't want to say that. Yeah, Murray just doesn't have the jump shot. That's what really holds yeah. Murray back of the three. His jump mm-hmm. shot just isn't isn't there where the other two can really shoot it. Uh, Lamella more of a streaky shooter. Garland more yeah. just very consistent. Yeah, um, yeah so I'm actually going to disagree with you guys. I'm going to I'm going to start Garland. I think Garland plays point guard a little better right now than Lamella. Lamella's got the flashy plays. Lamella is easily the most exciting one. But in terms of a point guard that I want on my team that's going to help win games, I think Darius Garland does that a little better than LaMelo does right now. And I love him. I think LaMelo is a future superstar. I think he Man. figures it out. Um, I mean, he's definitely doing Garland, better than Colin Sexton it, it takes was takes a little more professional it. approach. Right- oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what's crazy. They're missing Sexton right now. And Garland still has them, you know. Sexton's a two. What, I think they're to be a sixth guard. now, like out of the playoff. Something like that. Yeah, that, no. that, that's what they're going to settle on. I think. I think they already kind of figured that out, and we're working towards building that way. But I mean, because the way I look at it, before the year, if you would have told me you have Garland, you got Lamelo, <clears> and then you looked at the rest of the teams, I would have said the Horns are going to be fifteen games better than them. And I really think that like, obviously Mobley has been much better than a lot of us thought he would be this quickly, but. 
you can't underrate what Darius Garland's done for them. He shoots a three really well. He seems to know when to pick his spots to try and score and get others yeah. involved. And he's really real good about that. Really helped maximize that team. And I think having Rubio on the team helped him a lot too. Kind of understanding being a more no, traditional Rubio. point guard. Um, Are you saying Lamelo's more of what shooting guard to you, or needs to go to be a shooting no, guard, small forward? I, I just think he's he or, doesn't no. have that he didn't have that veteran to help him understand how to orchestrate an offense yet uh, and, okay, and okay. maximize his other players. I think Lamelo will understand that, and and Lamelo because Lamelo can just do things that and, like you like and, it's just mm-hmm. especially you, like you you look at it, you just don't even know how he thought to know, like even know uh, how to humanly possible you know like and so that's eventually like going to take him way last beyond, you see all the potential but he just doesn't know how to make his teammates better yet once that clicks in it's going to be a wrap he doesn't once know he when how to, to consistently make his teammates better yeah, he just doesn't know Ooh. when to pick like okay exactly here's the time where i tried this crazy bs pass and i whip this way you know like he just has to figure all that out. he's kind of like looking for those i think and not necessarily mm-hmm. um just reading the defense of reading the game better. Hey, but I'm brand, baby. LaMelo That's what and, we do. And, and cut Murray. I like Murray a lot, and I really wanted to find a way to maybe sit him, but I just, you just can't. Those other two are doing so well this year with, mm. you know, I think fairly fairly common, like fairly similar supporting casts. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah, right. it was a six and seven. Yeah, six and seven C too. So, so let's, uh, let's, let's end our show. With with love or violence, Joe, I'll let you uh, start us off here. Are you uh, in a loving mood today? Are you in a violent mood sure. today? How are you feeling? No, I'm in a loving mood today. You know, I'm gonna have to give love to the white Mike Vick out there, Josh Allen out there balling. I think pe- I don't think people need oh, putting no, up respect on this man's name. Like, no, yes, sir. You yes, did I did. Not. Yes, I did. This dude is out here balling like Lamar Jackson. He's the run game. He the pass game. He do it all. The Bills ain't nothing without Josh Allen. And he's finally learning how to dissect defenses and throw the ball over the top and play the safeties. If he continues to do this, hey, boy, y'all better watch out. I know a lot of people give Lamar Jackson love, but he's right there with mobility and be able to make big plays. And he has the arm and he's more accurate. Y'all better watch out. White Michael Vick coming through. Let this boy get some dogs. It's a wrap. I can't believe this boy saying this. Like this boy is hilarious. This boy is hilarious. Big facts. Oh man, white Michael Vick, unbelievable. All right, love or violence? I mean, make me want to go choose violence now. Mama, stick to my love. Um. Uh, I should switch it. I don't want to say this, but I'm going to love Clay Thompson this time. We know. Like, Here's jinxing him. That's all. Oh, man. Like, I actually, out of every player on the Golden State Warriors, that's the only one I like. Literally, he's the only player that I like on that team. Um, Like, I, I'm, I'm happy that, like, he came back. He's obviously not. The same clay, but it looks like honestly, he he did not miss a beat. Like it's just like he's getting back into the flow of just like playing the game consistently. You know what I'm saying? The boy even was dribbling a lot. 
ain't gonna lie. I was like, this boy dripping a little bit now. I was like, ooh. I ain't gonna say, I ain't used to that, but I'm happy for him like that because once he catches back on, and I feel like this time when Clay catches back on, this is gonna be a different level of Clay because he don't tolerate the disrespect. He hated when people talk crazy about him. And now he's just like, all right, now I'm back. Let's see if y'all gonna have that same type of energy. And he start, he's really like, even when his shots are missing, they still look good. The you know what I'm saying? The follow-throughs there, everything is it's there. It's just once he gets a few games under his belt, that's a scary sight, my man. Cause Bruh, what is it? Steph and they didn't put him points. in that top 75. You know he mad about that. <laughs> yeah. That was the corniest thing in the world, and I know he's gonna be mad about that. But yeah, Clay, what's not a Clay, but um Steph have 12 points. Have no fear, Clay's here. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's oh. gonna happen, bro. It's so I'm, I'm happy about him coming back. Man, I'm telling you, like, don't be surprised. We might see like a little 40, 50 point game from him this season still. He's gonna catch fire. Like he's one of those players. So I'm I'm happy to see him back. I just wish he didn't play for the the Warriors. I wish he played for the Lakers instead. We need him. We need you, Clay. We need somebody like you on our team. But I digress. All right. We can, we can pray. We can pray, Joe. It ain't, ain't going to ever happen. I think it's very I think it's very cute that you guys are you guys are together and choosing choosing love this week. I'm choosing fucking violence. We knew you were. Fuck the Stephen Ross. Stephen Ross. Sell the team. This is also a great time to bring up uh, Mr. Ricketts. Sell the Cubs as well. Uh, but yeah, Stephen Ross. Sell the fucking team. Fuck you. Had a great thing kind of building down in Miami. And you, you just decided to blow it up. We talked about the, you know, the racial element to it earlier. The impact now getting rid of... Uh, very successful black head coach for communication no issues. Just finding ways to fire to fire good black head coaches at this point. Um, girl breaking up with you, doesn't it? You didn't communicate well with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> makes no sense, you know. And at some point, Mister Mister Ross took over the, took over the team in two thousand eight. Since then, they have had. He inherited Tony Sperano as his coach. Uh, I think Tony Sperano lasted three years with Ross, who he then brought in Joe Philbin, who lasted three years. Then Adam Gase lasted three years, and now Brian Flores lasts three years. At some point, it's fucking you. It's not all these other people. It's you. Stay the fuck out the like. Just stay the fuck out the football side. Count your money. Go donate to fucking Michigan. You know, just 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 stay the fuck up there. You know, the big criticism is he comes in, he flies in on game day, and then he goes and he'll sit there and he'll talk to Chris, Chris Greer, and then you know, Chris Greer's obviously like not going to say, yeah, you know what? I actually just really suck at my job. Brian Flores is coaching his ass off, but I just fucking suck. So that's why we haven't been winning games lately. It's it's my fault. That's not going to fucking happen. Like, yeah, you know, I really thought this guy would work out, but it just doesn't seem like Brian can really develop him. You know, and I don't know. I'm not going to say that Chris Greer is actually like going behind Brian Flores' back. I'm not saying that happened for sure or anything. But all I'm saying is, you finally had, you finally had two winning seasons in a row. You hadn't done that in almost 20 years, and then you got rid of the fucking guy that did it. 
Like you saw the team that he inherited. They they blew up the team, got rid of anybody that was worth a damn. Brian Flores still found a way to win five games. Man. Then last year, everyone's like, okay, they get stuff like against eight, and eight, Bill nine, and seven. He wins ten. Yeah, you know, he you know he wins ten games when it, people thought they would maybe get to five hundred. Now this year was a little bit disappointing, uh, going nine and eight and missing the playoffs. But in the day, you still had a winning record. You won eight of your last nine games, and then you fired him. Fuck you, Stephen Ross. Three and impossible. Signing off.